0: Okay, I would like to welcome everybody to the pilot episode, the debut episode, if you will, of Native As I Can Be. My name is Gino Ray. This is my first shot at a podcast. Uh, I have recorded my voice many times, so I'm not too unfamiliar with this process, And I am like a lot of people, I don't love the sound of my voice once it's been recorded. But regardless of the sound of my voice, I do have a voice that has something to say, uh, which I will be getting into as this series unfolds. So again, the name of this is uh, Native As I Can Be. And this is an idea that I originally had Uh, in the form of a documentary where I walked from Klamath Falls, which is where my tribe, the Klamath Indians, is from, are from, and I was going to walk across the United States from Klamath Falls to Pine Ridge Reservation to Oklahoma. I was going to go backwards down the trail of tears and end up at the Bureau of Indian Affairs building in Washington, D.C., and along the way, I was going to be stopping and talking to uh, tribal elders and staying with families on reservations. And uh, basically, I, I wanted to figure out what it meant and what it means to be native in the United States. Um, I've had this idea probably 20 years in and. It's been started and stopped, started and stopped. It uh, morphed into a television series and I went as far as creating a Kickstarter and getting a hold of somebody at PBS to see about getting it made. Didn't have any luck. Uh, I then decided I would turn it into a book and I got started writing and I wrote about a chapter um, and... Wasn't getting anywhere with that. I wasn't committing myself to to putting everything down uh, on paper, I guess you could say. And so I kind of forgot about it. And then uh, just a couple of days ago, I thought, why not do a podcast? Um, that seems easy enough. You get something to record onto, and then uh, you put it out there. So this is it. This is the the episode. So, the debut episode. So what I'm going to try and do with this podcast is, like I said, I I want to take a look at what it means to be Native American in America in 2019 and beyond. And where I fit into that equation and... The reason I call this Native as I Can Be is I am mixed. I'm Native and White. Um, I grew up with my mom and sisters on the Oregon coast. Uh, my sisters and I have different dads, and they are White through and through. And my dad is Native, so I am mixed. Uh, I'm probably, no, well, I am more White than Native, but I look more Native than White. Uh, so I identify as, as native. Where it comes, where the, the title comes in, as I, native as I can be, is not really knowing where I fit in, you know, and I go back to being a kid and going to powwows and just, you know, being around natives, these beautiful native people with regalia and the music and the fry bread and the dancing and just you know my heart would just be full man of love and and pride um but I didn't know how to act around my own people um I I didn't I I felt like I was on the outside looking in while I was right in the middle of it and and I was pretty sure everybody knew uh or felt that I didn't belong and I wasn't one of these one of these people one of my people and so it was a really weird you know space to be in of course then I go back to Reedsport which is a small town and it's a nice town but it's probably 97 or so at least at least 90 I would say percent white and not really feeling like I entirely fit in there in that community and to a lesser extent in my own family where I'm on my mom's side. Everybody is white. So going to powwows and outside of powwows and at home, trying to be native and trying to represent natives and show pride in being native and not really knowing how to do that. And so getting a lot of my cues from Westerns, you know whatever form of media that had native representation, that's kind of where I took my cues from and whatever tidbits I could pick up when I would see my dad on spring breaks and summer breaks, things like that. Um, So that's kind of my backstory. And um, when we uh, talk to my dad here in a little bit, uh, he will give you his version of being native as he, as he can be or could be and his version is is a lot more extreme than mine because uh he went through some real shit um and i'll let him i'll let him tell that story but he he went through a similar thing of being a native trying to fit into a white world and trying to fit into a native world and what i've uh discovered as over the years as i've talked to people about this idea is it's not just natives that feel like that there are plenty of people that feel like they're on the outside looking in and i've uh i've heard uh you know people who were adopted and people that have been in the closet for a long a long time or transgender people you know all kind of feeling like they don't quite fit in where they're at and where they want to be maybe they don't feel like they fit in there either so while my uh experience will be mainly focused on the Native American part I'm hoping that there's something in these uh episodes that everybody can relate to and maybe um Maybe I can express something or my dad or any of the people I have on the show uh, will say something that gets you right in the feels and and makes you uh, interested in listening more. So, um, yeah, that's kind of the the premise. And I, I have a lot of ideas for episodes that I would like to touch on. Uh, I would like to speak about the mascot issue and whether having names like Redskins and Braves and uh, Indians is uh, is something we should be moving past or if that's something we need to stand up and, and make those uh, a thing of the past. Um, I would like to talk about casinos and... Uh, what those do or do not do for for tribes and what the perception is of of what they do for the tribes that have them and uh i can tell you a little bit about uh the klamath indians have a tribe i mean um have a casino and i can ex- i can give you a little insight about what that looks like for us as far as money and t- things like that uh I want to talk about the missing and murdered indigenous women, which is a big, big issue. Um, And I'll give you some stats on that as that episode comes. But Native women uh, per capita are missing far more than most or all other races. Um, And that's a very serious thing. And that's not going to be a funny one, obviously, but... Something I want to talk about so I've got a lot of ideas in mind I got a lot of people I want to talk to um, and and this is something like I said that's been on my mind for probably twenty years and I've done enough sitting on it and ignoring it uh, it's it's time to get this thing off the ground and make it the uh, make it as big and as good a a project as I always pictured it being so I am very glad you guys are listening and you are along for the ride and I will do my best to deliver something entertaining and informative and all the things you would expect out of a good podcast so um, yeah thank you for listening and let's get into it right now. Alright, here we go. So, we are about to talk to my dad. Those of you who know me personally should all be familiar with him. If you haven't met him, you should at least be familiar with the legend. (laughs) His name is Eugene Ray. Um, He went by Gino most of his life. And so, unofficially, I am Gino Jr., uh, but I never particularly liked that uh, the junior part of that. So he became Geno 1, I became Geno 2. Um, well, and they also used to call me Little Geno, but that doesn't really fit me anymore either. Um, so the reason I want to talk to him to kick off this series is... Uh, his story is... Not all that different from a lot of Native stories, especially, you know, where we're talking about the previous generation or even the previous couple generations. Uh, It's a sad story. I mean, his parents died young and he was taken and, well, I will let him tell the story because I cannot tell it the way he can tell the story. Um, It's just a good jump off spot and we'll be hearing about his story And then we'll discuss what it means to be an apple Indian. And if you're unfamiliar with the term, uh, an apple Indian is someone who is red on the outside and white on the inside. Uh, And as far as uh, insults that might get hurled amongst native people, I think that's probably right up there at the top as far as the ones that – uh you know leave a mark um so we're going to discuss that because i could i can say uh pretty confidently that he and i have been accused of being or were or even are apple indians so it's an interesting concept uh to 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 explore so we're going to be talking about that and uh it should be pretty good pop's a pretty funny guy and he's got a pretty interesting story and um i think you guys will like it so without further ado here's pop okay well here we are getting ready to talk to pop uh he is calling from klamath falls oregon appropriately enough and uh we're gonna get into some topics here so pop why don't you go ahead and well first of all how excited are you to be on the very first episode of uh native as i can
1: be um, I, I think it's great i love it you know i i, I know you, you you talk about a book and doing that and, and that was uh going to be kind of part of that yeah so i think
0: it's great I, I love it so yeah i'm pretty excited um so why don't you tell us um when you were born where you were born um uh, kind of what led you how did you end up in uh estacada oregon i know that's a lot to cover but just kind of oh, well i can i i can i i can do
1: that i was Born in 1942, January 15th, 1942, and, um, I think, the, uh, there's a place down there called Fort Klamath, and they had, a, they had an Indian agency there, and I think they had a hospital there, I'm not, I'm not sure. And I, I think that's where I was actually born, was at that agency uh there was a lot of other Indian people at the time that they said they was was born at the agency because I don't think they had a, a hospital right here. I mean they might have had a hospital but I think I was that's where I was born was at that agency. There in um, well I call it Chili in then, uh, then uh, uh, I'm not I'm not Familiar with the whole story, but then, uh, about that same time, uh, this program, uh, the, the government, uh, did this program, uh, similar, they called it assimilation. We want to assimilate these people into society because, you know, there was a lot of stuff going on. A lot of drinking and a lot of, you know, shooting going on and, and, uh, things were quite right going on, uh, on the reservation at the time. So, so they was able to, you know, you know, just go through and, and, and just take kids, just, just take them and, and, and say, well, we're going to put, put them in a, you know, we're going to put them in a better home and, and, uh, you know, so that they'll, you know, they'll have a chance in life and, and live a better life and get an education. And all that, and that's how, like, uh, well, my brother Bill and I—that's how we wound up in Estacada, Oregon, because that's that's where they had sent us. And this, so
0: we, this was some um, sort of government agency, of some sort.
1: Yeah, yeah, government agency. I don't know. Uh, I think there was a, uh, I think there was a name of. I can't. I can't remember what it was. You know, I thought I had a paper here, but anyhow, that uh, that's how we wound up in uh, in uh, in Estiqueta. That's that's where they sent us, you know. And then, and then there was uh, another uh, uh, another fellow that I know that he he that's where he wound up. And there were several other people, you know. So there was probably about I don't know, maybe ten of us, ten, you know. Uh, Group that that uh, that went up there at, at that time, and then that's and that's where I grew up through the uh, that whole time through the you know that's where I spent most of my life you know first the first well probably 30, 30 years of my life that's that's where that's where I was at you know so
0: and then uh, what was your Mom and Dad's name and where were they at when this was happening?
1: Well, um, that—that's another thing I'm not really sure of because I was so young when we left. You because know, I was—I think Bill was, I think, a year old, so I must have probably about two years old, and uh, and uh, uh, of course, I. I my mom would have had to been in 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 you know in in the Chillicothe area at the time. I think that my dad he was he was in uh, in uh, I think it was World War I think World War Two was going on, so he was in the army at the time. So I don't know if he was actually there when I was born or, or what went on, and then uh, and then. Uh, And my mom, uh, Pearl, well, she had—I think she had got into some kind of trouble and wound up doing some jail time. So uh, we were actually, you know, in care of, of, you know, of my dad. He was just not—he wasn't able at the time to take care of us, and that's—and that I think that's why, you know, we we were taking that time, you know, so.
0: And then you have some other brothers and sisters too.
1: Yeah, of course. That well, I had Bill was was my was my full brother. Bill, and then I had a, a sister. Uh, well, uh, Jamie, we call her, She went by the name Jamie Jackson, and then I also had. She was a half sister. Then I had another half sister, Eileen, You know, she was born later on and. And, I think in the 50s, somewhere around there, so. And so that, that, that was my immediate, you know, my immediate family there. So, yeah, but my, my dad, his name was Eugene Ray, too. Yeah, so I was Eugene, Eugene Ray Jr., so. And Bill, he was, Bill, was Bill, Bill Ray, so.
0: And uh, Pearl and Banjo were not very old when they passed, right?
1: Well, um, no, not really, no. Because well, uh, Pearl she she passed away in uh, nineteen fifty six. She was in she was in a, a a car wreck on New Year's Eve. I think it was nineteen fifty six. And then my uh, that Banjo, he, that was his name, nickname was Banjo. He passed away in, uh, 1967 and he died of sclerosis of the liver. But that's when he passed away, so, and then, and then, um, I, during that time I never did, I, I, I never really knew Pearl or even I have no recollection of ever seeing her. Of course, I, I, I remember my dad banjo because uh, even though we were adopted, you know, uh, not adopted, but fostered in a foster home in Estacada, my dad was still able to come and visit us during the summertime. You know, this was even before we went to school, you know, and back in, in the early 40s, he would come and visit us, take bill and I, and we'd just travel with him. And that's how, that's why I remember some of the stuff that, that he would go back down to Chilliquin And, um, and that's how I I remember, I remember as a kid being in Chilliquin because I asked Jamie one time, I said, where, where was the fire? There was a the big fire that, was down there, there was a box fat factory there in Chillicothe, and I asked her about it, and she said, "Well, how how do how do you, how do you know that?" I said, "Well, you know, I'm, I'm a young know, kid, five years old. You know, uh, that was not, that was 1947. I actually looked it up on the internet. It was a big fire in Chillicothe that year, and, and so I just remember things like that." Uh, you know, a, a, as a kid. And then, and that, after that, that that's when we come, we come back to Esticata, and that's when I started my school years, uh, you know, going, started a grade school in Esticata, Oregon.
0: Oh. So. Well, I don't know if you know this or remember this, but, um, was there any, any talk of maybe going back to live with Banjo? Or did he ever try to to kind of get you guys back? Or was, you know, once you guys were out, that was it. You guys were out. Or do you know?
1: Well, no, I... As near as I remember, was that he was not able to take care of us. And and, just from stories that I've heard about Pearl... She had, you know, was doing some jail time, so you know, she wasn't even even around, and that's why, you know, and you know, we got locked into this simulation, and and, yeah, I don't think that I know um, that uh, we was there in Esticated, and that's just the way it was, you know.
0: So where so you were an S... How old were you when Banjo passed away? Oh, I was twenty.
1: Well, twenty-five. So, but I had had not seen him for. I had not seen him for. Well, I I remember him coming and visit Bill and I, and then one day, you know, he just he just didn't show up, you know. Hmm. And and so I just kind of accepted it as well, that's, that's the way it is. And, you know, and it wasn't till I don't know, years, You know, maybe 10, 15 years, uh, I was in a bar in Portland, Oregon, and I was sitting there and this lady asked me, she says, what's your name? I said, my name is Gene. He says, Gene Ray? I said, well, yeah, I, I, how did he you know? Said, well, <laughs> she says, well, because I know your dad. And, and she says, you, you know, you, you just fit an image of, of him. And she said, I, you know, I just, I just, I just talked to him today. And she said, would you like to talk to him? I said, well, yeah, okay. So I talked to him and he was living in Toppinish at the time. And we just made arrangements. To, 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 uh, to go and, 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 and see him, you know, and visit with him, and, and then, uh, um, and, uh, and I think Bill was in the army, in at, at that time, cause when, when Banjo passed away, well, they brought Bill home, you know, for, for the service, you know. Um, and then and then, like I say, then Pearl the she 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 was passed away in 19, 1956 I was I was just a kid yeah, Well, kid I was probably 13, 12, 13, 14, maybe. You know. So.
0: Um. So then you're an esticator. You're you're growing up spending your time in Estacada and what was the name of the, the family you lived with there?
1: Well, it was, it was Deuce family. Ernest and Ernest and Bill Deuce. And, yeah, you know, we was there for, well, we was there for that, well, from that time until, uh, I, I mean, I turned 18, but I, I was still a part of that family, you know, right up until Mr. Deuce passed away, then Mrs. Deuce passed away, and and then it was just, uh, uh, then Bill, and uh, uh, he kinda watched over the farm during that time, cause I was off working and doing other stuff at the time, so. But we, you know, it was always, you know, always been a part of that family, and then, and then the, they even left, Bill and I, some property, you know, of that farm, because it was a hundred-acre farm, you know, they left, left some property that, you know, later. You know, well, you know, he was, you know, he was even on a part of that, because Les was, less was in on that too, because it was a property that was left, was left to less than high, as a deal. You know.
0: Yeah. So, and so were there other foster kids there in the house, or was it just you and Bill? Oh,
1: well, yeah, I was. Well, yeah, there was, <laughs> well, yeah, as I can remember, there was, But well, that's what Mrs. Deuce did. She took in foster kids, uh, you know, for, you know, for the, you know, for the, the, uh, through the Clackamas County, you know, that's what she did. That's, that was the way she made her livelihood. And Mr. Deuce, he was a well driller, that, that's what he did, and, and Mrs. Deuce, she, she did the, um, you know, foster, take care of foster kids, because some kids would need a place to stay, they'd call there, well, yeah, you know, they'd come and stay maybe for six months. Uh, some one other girl came, I think stayed maybe a, a year, and and, and she had been doing this all her life, and just growing up there, up there would just you know, be kids that would come back, and she had taken care of her they just, you know, to see her, and, you know, just say hello, and let you know, let them know that they was doing okay, you know, because of them, t- you know, them taking care of them at the time, you know, so, yeah, you know, so there was like during that time, I seen a lot of a lot of kids
0: through there, you know. So Estacada is not a very big town. What do you think? Two thousand people maybe or less? less? Well I think probably I think it's I, I
1: kinda even remember it being twelve hundred maybe at 1, the very beginning, you
0: know. How many how many Indian kids do you think were in your school or in your grade at the
1: time? In my grade, uh, I don't think it was. Uh, it was uh, there was there um, was. I, I can think there was one, another guy that was in Bill's uh, class, and there was another guy that he was uh, younger, but he didn't come on until later, and then. Um, it must have been five or six. You know, and then Tish, uh, she was another, one uh, of one of the, one of the uh, foster kids. And And then, and then and I remember when Jamie was there, was that there at the very beginning, but then she, for some reason, got back to Climate Falls. So she wasn't there that long, but she, I remember her being there when she wasn't lived
0: there upon time you know so well the reason I ask uh, you know because the name of this is Native As I Can Be and you know one of the themes is, is going to be you know being a native in a mostly white world and trying to Represent your culture and your people, but if you haven't necessarily grown up around your culture and your people, how do you properly represent your culture and your people um, So what was that like for you back then, you know, knowing you're native and come from Chiliquin which is a very which is a native community reservation. Um, did you try to represent being Indian, or were you trying to be white or how did you handle that well no i i always remember being i i always
1: remember being native and the fact that i was native uh indian you know uh, living in all white communities. You know, they always, you know, they, they didn't let you forget that. You know, I mean, in school, uh, I just always remember, you know, being the oddball, you know, you know, one that was different. Because my skin was different color and, and, you know, and I, <laughs> I, mean, I always remember myself as like sticking out like a sore thumb, you know. And then, and if something happened, well, I, I was always, I was always the one that got, well, he did it, you know, yeah. Gene did it. I seen him, he did it, you know, and then when he got 25, 30 kids in a classroom, and, you know, they're all saying, well, he did it, didn't I saw him do it, you know, I, you know, I was just totally outnumbered, you know, I just, I never had much of a chance, you know. Yeah. <laughs> You know, there was no way to talk myself out of it, you know. Yeah. So I
0: just, I, after a while, I just kind of, kind of learned to accept that, you know. But were, so were you still rocking that, um, uh, I don't know, persona? Or were you still like, were you like, yeah, well, I'm Indian and I'm damn proud of it? Or was it more, I'm just going to kind of keep quiet about this and... Well,
1: yeah. Well, I- I, I I had a tendency to rock the boat anyway, so I I I, I didn't try to personify that any because I, I'd already been tagged, so I, I didn't need to you know to, to, to carry on any more than what I, you know what I was already doing. Yeah, I, later on, in life, yeah, you know, after I, I grew up a little bit, too, yeah, then I decided, well, you know I, yeah, well, I'm, I'm Indian. That's what I'm going to be. That's you know. So, but you know, it's, it's
0: caused more trouble. But I was used to it by then. So let's talk about that, dude. When you just you know decided, I'm Indian. That's what I'm going to be. What was there a learning curve there? Well,
1: no, because uh, I I got it um started i kind of started out at an early age as as far as uh as uh, as uh, drinking you know my i i started drinking beer as you know as a kid you know like like all the rest of you know all the rest of the kids drinking beer and they go to a party and you know kids would be drinking beer you know he was 14, 15 years old, that's, that's what you did, you know, you get a, a six-pack of beer, you know, go have fun, and so well, that's, that's how, that's, that's how I just, you know, dealt with it at the time, I you know, just, I just stayed kind of, you know, in a drinking mode there for a while. I'm getting,
0: I'm getting rained on, I'm coming inside.
1: Oh, okay. That's what yeah, so, and yeah, then, then you know, that's why I never made it to high school because I would just, you know, just, you know, I just that's good. being in high school was not not what I wanted to. You know. It was it wasn't going anywhere, wasn't doing anything, and so just started to you know go on with my life.
0: So did you eventually make it down to Klamath Falls to to live?
1: Uh, no, not really, no. I didn't. Uh, 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 I, I, I worked in and around Estacada, you know, because I worked in a logging, worked as a logger there in Estacada, so, you know, and then... And then that was, uh, you know, Friday nights, you know, Friday night at the bar and all weekend and back to work on Monday morning and, you know, with the hangover. But I managed to get through all that. And then, you know, and then through the late 60s and through the 70s and 70s, you know, just working and, uh, and it wasn't until like, in the 70s, I, I got it suspension on my driver's license, you know, and uh, for for DUI, and then, so they would put me on a, uh, you know, well, you wouldn't have to, you know, do uh, uh, you know, to, not to quit drinking, but to go to a program. So the program at the time was in Portland, and they, they called it NARA, it was a Native American Rehabilitation for, you know, it was for uh, Native Americans. That's what it was, Native American Rehabilitation. And it was for Indians, you know, from all parts of the country come there, you know, to, you know, to sober up and clean up the raft and all that. And that's how I, I got into uh, going to Indian AA a meetings. And uh, there, was a group, there was a group that... Um, in fact, they had a, uh, an in-house living place. They called it Total Lodge. And, and that's uh, where I would go to these, go to these Indian a-, a meetings. And they had them every, every evening. They would have them. And I was living in Portland then and working. And so I would go to these meetings. And then every once in a while, then they'd have a. Sweat Lodge, so I went to the Sweat Lodge, and that's, that's how I actually got involved right in the Native American community, by doing that, you know, so, then, um, then, uh, um let's see, yeah. So was there any th- of no.
0: Yeah, was there ever uh, as you were getting more involved and in going to these meetings was there ever uh, a, f- a feeling like and, I, and I'm I'm asking this because of personal experiences I think uh, getting more involved in the in the Indian community did you ever kind of feel like I don't really belong I I, I, I don't maybe don't belong but maybe I'm putting on a front to belong? I mean, did... Or was it like, these are my people, they're going to accept me, and,
1: you know... Mm-hmm. Well, 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 that's what they did, yeah. they, You know, that's what they actually did. They actually, uh... uh accepted... Accepted me, and, and... And, you know, I was... Because, uh, you know, they didn't really know anything about my past life, and I felt like, you know, well, you know, maybe... Maybe I'm finally, finally home. Maybe I'm, 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 I've found a place where, you know, I can, uh, you know, just be, be who I am. You know, that's, that's the way I felt there. Because everything was associated around, you know, the spiritual, spiritualism, you know, with the AA and all that stuff was, you know, it was, it was native, you know, you know, they just had the native drum there to be native singing, you know, and, and that's all I got in, going in to powwows and stuff, and then I knew other people, and then I actually, you know, went to some, they had sun dances over in, in Eastern Oregon that I'd go to, so, yeah, I felt like, you know, I, I you know, I'm at home, and, and this is this is, this is is where, you know, this this is where I belong, you know, but, but, Finally,
0: reach my goal you know yeah that's beautiful i i I think my own uh feelings about that of maybe being an outsider or or something like that is really kind of just being uh self-conscious i think i i kind of think i made that story up myself because i I can't look back to being around anybody that you know out of powwow Uh or wherever or your friends that i met you know, ever making me feel like I shouldn't be there. You know, it's just that was kind of in my own head, I think, and I think that's why I asked that question.
1: What the, what the only place I felt like an outsider was, you know, was was being in in in, in a white living in a white community. That, that you know, I mean, I had I had friends and they, they knew I was Indian and and you know so. Uh, I mean, I, I had friends that I worked with, you know, work with every day and work. I mean, in law, and I worked with every day and, uh, and I worked, uh, construction, I worked in the labor union, uh, and, and for five years and, you know, there were, uh, you know, just a lot of white people that were, was around and, and that was just, you know, I didn't feel like an outsider then, but I mean, that st- stigma was still there though, that, you know, <laughs> you know, cause, I, you know and I get to, you know, I get to, to blanket ass, or, hey, Wagner, you, know, uh, you know, a lot of people, hey, Chief, how you doing, you know. Yeah. But I, you know, I just, I just learned to accept that as
0: Well, it brings me to this uh, name or this term that uh, maybe not everybody's familiar with, but uh, most most native people should be familiar with, and it's the term Apple Indian. Um, can you uh, can you explain what that is, what that means?
1: What? Indian means that you uh, you you're red on the outside and white on the inside but I I, 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 I never I had never heard that term for you know until later on in life you know so it w- would it wasn't after I had started you know doing this it, uh, uh, NARA stuff and being around Indians more than I had been before, you know. So I thought I was, I thought I was on the right track with, with, with what I was doing by doing this, doing these AA and and, and going to the sun Dances and doing the Sweat Lodge and, you know, and, and doing the powwow stuff. So I thought that, you know, I'm on, I'm <laughs> well no, I'm not an Apple Indian because you know, that's that's not the way I was living. No. You know, I wasn't living that way at at that time, you know, so you know later on I thought, well, wait a minute. What you know, what about that you know, the first thirty thirty years of my life that's I I was living as a white. You know. Yeah. So you know, so I I never I never considered myself that until like I said I had to had re- to rethink it you know and you know and and, 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 and like I said in that first thirty years you know being you know living in a white community well I don't know if that's being happen or not because I I never considered myself you know white because I I knew it was you I I was Indian
0: all along. Oh. Well, and I think as far as, you know, at least the first 18 uh-huh. years, I mean, that's kind of where you were placed was in that community. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. part of the assimilation thing you were talking about.
1: Yeah, I, did the, I, I was there, and, and, and there was no, well, there was no way... I was thinking whether there was no way out, no way escaping it. And I tried, you know, just tried to live the best way I thought I could, you know, during that time, you know. But, uh, when I lived out during I, I had an escape, you know, by being able to, you know, you know, it was tough going to school because... You know, cause I was, you know, I was, I was the, the one that stuck out the most, or, you know, I, I always, but I always had the farm that I could go to at the end of the day and that would, that was my escape was the farm, you know, going home and doing chores and taking care of the animals and, and, you know, just things were different there, you know. So, even though I was, you know, living in a white, you know, living with a white family. I, you know, I was, I wasn't treated the same way that I was being treated in the schools, you know, school system.
0: Yeah. I think an Apple Indian, at least the, you know, kind of the way I see is, is someone who's going to be, uh, is going to be Indian when it's convenient or when it looks good on them, you know. But the, but they wouldn't necessarily want or uh, be able to handle the things that come along with being a full time Indian. And I don't. And I think it's uh, it's something inside a person that really makes them Indian. Because if you look at uh, your nephew, my cousin Garrick. Does not look like an Indian, red hair. Uh, you uh-huh. know, white as can be, but I think represents natives yeah, very very well. I mean, I think he, yeah. he really uh-huh. cares about native people. He was on tribal council. I mean, uh-huh.
1: you know. well, he's he well he's k- Klamath, yeah, so yeah. He's, and he's got the climate foot. So, yeah, he yeah, I, I, I Never actually really talked to him about it. You know what? I've I've talked to him about what he experienced. You know, growing up. You know, because he actually lived on down here for a while. You know, and put up with some of the stuff that that Indian people were going through living in an Indian community. You know, so I
0: want to have him on an episode. I think I think he'd be a good person to talk to.
1: uh, he would, he would yeah, I'm sure he would do it too, you know, because he has, he has pretty good perspective on all of that stuff. I and, mean, you know, he, 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 all, all, out of all of that, he got a good education out of it too, you know, so he, he's, he's,
0: a, he's a learning man on that stuff. Sure. I think it would be, because uh, I want to have a casino episode, you know, and kind of talk about tribal gaming, and he might have been sort of on the, the fringes of that when they were building the casino down Um, there.
1: Yeah, because it it hadn't actually taken place. It was on, it was always on, on, uh, you know, well, we're going to, we're going to get this done, but let's take care of some of this other stuff first to get this done, you know, so I,
0: I I wasn't familiar with tribal council stuff, but, you know, I'm glad I never was part of it, Well, I want to kind of of wrap this up. Um, What do you think, I don't know, this is a broad question, but uh, what do you think it means uh, or what does the future hold for Native people in 2019 and beyond? I mean, what does it mean to you to be Native?
1: Well, um yes yeah, still there's you know there's there's a lot of the drinking going on from what I see is I, I see these Native youth making a lot of progress you know they're, they're getting the chances you know for an education and uh there's more uh well maybe money available for them to to do that, you know, and, and that's, that's that's what they're doing you know That that's what I see, you know, I, I see it in, uh, I see it in the climate newsletter that, you know all these kids, that they're, they're, they're getting an education and they're, they're getting this degree and they're graduating high school and, you know, they're graduating uh, grade school and then they're all making uh, making a you know, going to be successful someday for what they're doing now, you know, and, and I think that I don't know if I pride myself of that when I was growing up, or if <laughs> I that's, that's one of the questions I deal with myself. Well, what if I, you know, what if I, you know, what if I never went through this? What if I just was stayed there on? I uh, was able to stay there on the Plymouth reservation and, you know, live my life out town there. And, and, and you know, and I just wondered what that'd be like, you know. <laughs> so, when I think about that, I think, well, maybe I probably would have been better off with what happened. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 you know, I, I, <laughs> I can't. Re- in the future, and I couldn't predict that future. But, but uh, I'm still alive, so that's all I, that's all I can say. Well, I, have made it this far, so
0: I must have done something right, you know. Well, I think another thing we can talk about on another day is the history of the Klamath Tribe, and there was a lot of things going on, especially in the '70s, involving. Water rights, land rights, and kind of backdoor deals, and you know, that didn't necessarily do the Klamath people any favors at all. And in fact, it almost decimated them. Yeah. And well, I thought about uh, that too when I was thinking about, well, what if you had never, you know, what if you had stayed down there? Like you could have ended up a statistic, you know? Yeah. But so it's
1: hard to see. That's that's, what I think, you know, and then. And then, uh, then when the climb one of these <laughs> the things that you did was, you know, uh, when they, uh, when they sold the land, the, the, the climate didn't sell the land, but it was, I, that was another thing, they were just taken from them, you know. I uh, can't think of the term right now, what they, they called it at the time, but. And then the money that they give out, that, that was that was just a big joke. Period. You know, pet didn't,
0: didn't do anybody any good, you know. So. Yeah, I think that'll be an eye-opener, because I don't think that's that's something you're not going to see uh, taught in school, really. Well,
1: oh, yeah, the, the, it was termination.
0: That, oh, yeah, termination, right.
1: Termination.
0: Well, that'll be coming that. up, coming up. Stay tuned for that one. Um, Pop, thank you so much for talking yeah. to me tonight, remember, being well, a part of the first ever episode. Well, good.
1: Well, I'm glad to be part of it. Uh, <laughs> I remember uh, uh, he asked me, if, uh, uh, just Restoration Powwow was this weekend, and then... And, uh, I stayed down here with Gary uh, a whole few years back. I was staying down here with Gary, and 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 uh, one of the ladies at, from the tribal uh, tribe down there said, "Hey, uh, Uncle Gene, we we carry the uh, the tribal flag force us to parade on, you know, the, during the restoration later on." I said, "Well, I'd be happy to," and. I, and uh, that, that
0: made me feel proud. Yeah. That I was able to do that. So, yeah, that's so that, a big that was, honor. Did, wow. you, did you get any pictures? Yeah, I, got, I got pictures of it, yeah. Yeah, so. Well,
1: that, you know, that's that's probably <laughs> that my contribution, so I
0: was bad I got to do it. Yeah, that's big. Well, thank you for talking to me, and, um, well oh, yep. Yeah. Uh thank everybody for listening and we'll see you next time. Okay, so you
1: take care. All right. I'll do
0: that. Bye. Okay, that's uh episode one, Native as I can be. My name is Gino Ray. Um I don't know if you're supposed to like and subscribe and do all that stuff. I don't really care if you do or not. I, I want you to listen to it. I would like feedback and um constructive feedback, or you can trash it. I don't care. Um, but, um, here you go. The pilot is done. I hope you liked it. Stay tuned for the next episode.